All right, church, last week of Remain series. Are we excited? Are we ready? So good, so good. Um, great. Hey, I just, man, you know, I, I woke up this morning and I just felt as though the Spirit of God, uh, uh, you know, put me on an assignment to really encourage you today. Um, you know, I usually shoot straight shooters, man. Like, we don't cut any corners at HL. But, um, you know, I just, I don't know, I just, I believe that God has so much goodness in store for you in 2018. And I believe that you should believe it and begin to declare that over your life. Um, and, and so, as I said, you guys know, we, we preach the unadulterated word of God. But you see all in all through this Bible where God wants you to win. He wants you to, to, to have you know, this abundance of joy and peace and victory. And so um, today's going to be good. Today's going to be real good. Um, and I just, I speak life over you this morning. I speak life uh, even as you enter into a brand new week. Um, my prayer is that you would overcome everything that seeks to uh, take you down uh, over the next seven days until you get back to church. And so um, at any rate, I'm just going to dive into the scripture. I'm going to save the title of this message to the end because um, I kind of want to build on uh, on what the word of God is saying here. Mm. Let's join me in Daniel chapter 10. I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 12. Daniel chapter 10, 1 through 12. And uh, our fast concluded, um, before we get to the verse, I'm sorry, pull back up the uh, the main screen. I'm still getting in God's way, still talking a little bit here, but. Um, we just ended our 21 day fast yesterday as a church. How was that for you? Good, good. Um, I don't know, man. I've, I believe I've dropped like seven or eight pounds and you know, the, the, the further and further we got in our days, I started to get all jittery and, and weak and stuff. And man, I'm just ready for a burger or some BGR, some Joe's, uh, something, something, I don't I can't do this no more, Lord. <laughs> like even now, I'm tired. So I think this message is more for me than it is for you. Um, at any rate, uh, we're just gonna we're gonna jump in here. Daniel is actually the individual that we follow when we talk about a 21-day fast, and I felt it pretty fitting uh, that we did remain, remain in me, and you will bear much fruit. John 15, 1 through 11 for three weeks. Why not switch it? Why not go to the Old Testament? Let's let's see who it is that we uh, we kind of follow here over the past 21 days. And hey, if you did not fast for 21 days, it's all good. If you didn't fast at all, it's cool. If you did three days, seven days or a day, I get it. God's going to meet you right where you are. And uh, maybe you can join us next year. So um, it's, it's OK. Uh, here it is. Daniel uh, chapter 10, verse one through 12. Um, and so here we are. Pray for me that I don't stop and preach through every verse. Uh, I need to honor my notes. And so here it is. In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar. So to give you a little history and context, um, after hundreds of years of rebellion and idol worship, God uh, pretty much, he, he, he judges his children. And he says, you guys are going to be exiled from your promised land. You're going to be taken away. Um, into a land that you don't know of. 
And so um, a few years prior to, prior to King Cyrus of Persia, uh, the children of Israel were exiled by Babylon in Nebuchadnezzar. Now Persia has overthrown Babylon, and they're in power now. Um, but thankfully, no matter where you are, being a child of God, God can, God can exalt you anywhere. And Daniel is actually one of the second in command in the kingdom of Persia. And so God has given him significant influence, even in a context and within a culture that doesn't know and or love God. And so, but he's found favor in God's sight. It says this here, I, Daniel, had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future times of war and great hardship. Now, more specifically for Daniel's context, Persia was about to be attacked by the kingdom of Greece. There, this is all history, y'all. This is every, everything in this book is true story. So Persia was about to be attacked by the kingdom of Greece and overthrown. And this bothered Daniel. But even more than that, uh, the vision was more extensive. It, it, it even pointed to our times, post-Christ. Uh, I don't know if you know, but right now we are in the end times. We've been in the end times since Jesus went back to heaven it's only a matter of time before he returns and, and gets his church and takes us on to heaven. And so you got to, the, the Bible says that the day of salvation is today. Don't wait. Make that decision. And so we're in the end times, and it pointed to that, and, 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 and it caused great emotion within Daniel. He was bothered. He could usually interpret a dream in a vision, but he couldn't interpret this one. He didn't fully understand it. And I believe that God has given you things, and he's placed things on your heart, but you don't fully understand how to how to handle it. You don't you don't know all the details. You can't fully see clearly. Something's blocking you up. And so uh, this is what happened. He said, um, verse two, when this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three whole weeks, 21 days. All that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips. I used no fragrant lotions. I, I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. I don't know about you. It's a little cold in Maryland. I used some lotion <laughs> over the past three weeks. I had to use some this morning. You know, I may have not eaten anything pleasant, but I had to put on some lotion. Daniel's on, an, on the next level, man. Uh, I guess that's what God promoted him. And it says here on April 23rd, it's pretty cool because the Hebrew calendar was different. Um, as I was standing on the, the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. This is, in fact, an angel of the Lord. For three weeks, I've been fasting this vision concerns me. I haven't gotten clarity about my life, and I've been seeking an answer from God, and he sends an angel. He sends an angel. His face flashed like lightning, and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The man with me saw nothing, but they were su suddenly terrified 
and ran away to hide. So they heard something, but they didn't completely see it. Or they looked at Daniel, they saw how he acted, and they left, said, peace out. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak. When I heard his voice, I fainted and laid there with my face to the ground. He's in the posture of worship right now. He, he's, he's humbling himself because he understands being, being a man that's followed God for years that whenever God shows up, it's time to, to posture myself as such. And if God is going to speak, I have to be completely open to what God is about to say. So I want to give him my undivided attention, and I, I posture myself. I posture myself. We've got to learn to get into the, the posture of prayer. Um, I believe this is going to be a phenomenal message. Um, I woke up this morning, and the first thing I heard was lay back down and close your eyes. You need to go back to sleep. And so the first thing I did, having walked with Jesus for 11 years, is I rolled over out of my bed and I hit my knees. And I just I said, God, just give me strength this morning because I need to make it to the place of worship. There's a word you want to give your people. And, and I'm in this posture and I need your strength. And, 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 and so th this biblical, because we're going to see Daniel, we're going to see Daniel. Here it is. My strength left me. Let's go back here, verse 10. Just then a hand touched me and lifted me. Still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said, Daniel, you are very precious to God. That word in the Hebrew means you're valued. You are a prize. When God created you, he put everything. You notice in the, in the creative narrative, we always say that the best is saved for last. You notice day one, the Lord created this. Day two, he created that. Day three, and the last thing he created was human beings. You are valued. You are prized. You're worth something. There's something on the inside of you that Gaithersburg and Montgomery County can't hold. And God placed that on the inside of you, and he loves you, and heaven is pulling for you, and, and hell is against you. You're valuable. He says you are precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. Still trembling. Still trembling. I speak life over you today, and so the first thing I want you to understand is that God is listening. God is listening to your prayers. He hears every prayer. He sees every concern. You have his attention. You have heaven's attention when you pray. And the Bible teaches that in Hebrews that his angels are ministers of fire. They're ministers of flames. They come with the spirit of God, with answers, with strength, with might, with power, with perspective. And so when you pray, God listens. Uh, Judah, about a week and a half ago, our baby boy, he, he started coughing. And uh, it developed about 48 hours in to, to something very wet and, and croupy and very aggressive. And so um, 
it's funny because during the 21 day prayer fast, uh, during the 21 day fast, we had 5:30 a.m. prayer call. How many people were invi- uh, involved in the prayer call? Yeah, woo, woo. That was right in the middle of REM sleep, right? <laughs> that mess was a stretch, man. Kyra will tell you yesterday I was I was celebratory. Yes, we are done with this 5:30 a.m. <laughs> prayer call. <laughs> I don't feel any kind of way about it. Um, but at any rate, um, we were, uh, you know, so Kyra and I, we typically get to bed around midnight. We need to do better at that. But with, with our baby boy being sick, he would cough throughout the night. I mean, I mean, it would start at 1 a.m., then 2 a.m. If you're a parent, you know this, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., before you know it, it's prayer call time. And you never get into that cycle of REM, and then you have to function the next day. For our future parents, just be ready. A fast is a return on your investment. When you have kids, there are days that go by where you will not eat, where you will not sleep. So you need to start fasting now to build that muscle (laughs) in your life. And we're going to always have prayer call. When we get a permanent building, we're going to show up at 6 a.m. to the church in person to pray. So just go ahead and get it started now. But anyway, every time he coughed, I, I would awake. I, you know, I would just, something would quicken me. I would just get up, and I, I would hear him, and then I would just lay on my bed. I said, okay, he, he coughed. All right, he coughed again. Okay, he coughed a third time, and I would get up. We live on the third floor. The boys are on the second floor. And I would get up, and I would go down, and I would see about him, and he, Dad, water, water. Water. I'm like, oh, you're so cute. So here's your water. I go back up. (coughs) It's 2 o'clock. Go back down. See about him. I see about him. I see about him. I see about him. Every time you pray, every time you cry, every time you cough, every time you get in a posture, every time you read this Bible, every time you repeat his promises back to him, God, heaven opens, God responds, and God dispatches angels on your behalf. And he is always working. He's always in the unseen. And you may not have a vision like Daniel, and that's all good. Most of us don't. But what the scripture teaches us is that there's a spiritual realm that is always working either for us or against us. And Daniel was able to tap into that realm through prayer and fasting. I I mean, I could tell you stories, and I don't often tell these stories, and I won't tell it this morning, but it's real. After 11 years of, of a life of fasting and prayer, the spiritual world is a real place. And um, Paul put it like this. Paul says, um, I have a thorn in my flesh, uh, meaning I have struggles in my life. And, and these struggles keep me humble because of the revelation that I've received. Paul once at a certain point in his life, he entered into the third heaven. He had what was called an apostolic calling. Apostles go to cities with teams of people and they start things from the ground up. And oftentimes, apostles have heavenly visions. And so Paul says, I've been to the third heaven. So let's learn this here. The first heaven is the blue sky and the clouds that you see. The second heaven is space. 
the third heaven is where the spirit of God resides. And he says that I saw things there and I heard things there that I can't murmur on earth. And because I saw these things, because I saw angels, because I saw souls in heaven, I've received a thorn to keep me humble, to remind me that it's not about my ministry, it's not about my life, but it's about what Jesus wants to do through my life. Is, is that good? So as you grow in the Lord, he's going to reveal things to you. And you don't have to become all spooky. I know a lot of false prophets that sit in the office of a pastor. And they're spooky. But there is a way to grow in God and to tap into the things of the spirit and still be healthy and have a level of common sense in your faith. And so Daniel sees this vision, and I love it because God cares. Uh, thank you, Lord. You're controlling me. This is, this is good because last night I was off the chain. I don't know what was wrong with me. It's a lot of flesh last night. I'm sorry, but um, I believe the word of the Lord got, got through. In 2014, uh, I didn't ask my wife for permission, but I won't share anything too specific. Um, this <laughs> – Sorry. If you never ask your wife or your significant other, just play it safe, okay? You can do it, but play it safe. Um, this is her 2014 fasting prayer list and journal. And Daniel's fasting, and he's requesting clarity on this vision, right? And th these are some things that she prayed. Um, she said, God, I love this. She said, God, I want to grow deeper in you. Show me your ways and your glorious attributes. Help me find myself completely in you. And she says this, to have an unwavering faith, to have unfailing hope, help me stay strong and always keep my foundation rooted in you. Keep me in a teachable spirit. Humble me. Grow me. I want to hear your voice. Not just on these 21 days, but always, all year. Give me dreams and visions. I don't ever want to stop dreaming. Speak life to my dry bones. Sustain me always. And she says this here, prayer number two. God, grow me deeper as a wife. Praise God. Continue to teach and grow a respectful spirit on the inside. You have to be intentional about you before God can be intentional about you. God bless me. Let me change you. Let me, let me work on your heart. I'll bless you if you let me touch you. Thank you for my wonderful husband, Joshua. Praise God. It's my favorite one out of the three or four. About, I might read this whole one here. I love this. I love it. She says, allow me to never forget our Barnes and Nobles moments. Allow me to always go back to that moment when I walked down the aisle and our eyes met. In dark times, allow me to always see the light and love between us. God, teach me how to cook. <laughs> Come on now, church. Come on, we got to clap that up. Because we're dealing with a generation. I'm not going to go too far on that. Um, teach me how to cook. Anyway, all right. Number four. Or number three, but this was her number four. I love this one because actually you can start praying for things one year, but it takes years to get there. So Jesus says um, he taught a parable, and the principle was to not 
ever for, uh, not ever give up on, on praying. Always pray, even if it's the same thing. And uh, the Bible says this. I mean, Kyra said this. God, of all these things, my home, finances, budget, savings, and debt, of all these things I hand over to you, allow Joshua and I and you to be on one accord. And, and today, every Friday or Saturday, we talk about every dime that comes in and that goes out. I don't understand how you can be one, but you have separate accounts. When, when, when Adam and Eve came together, the Bible says that, and man shall leave his mother and his father, woman shall leave mother and father, and the two shall become one. That means everything in one pot. That means we tithe and we bring the offering and we put God first. Because if we want our finances to get in order, we have to put the one who can give us the wisdom to get them in order first. And so we said this, according one budget, help me to stick with it. Lord, get us out of financial debt. Allow us to always pay bills on time and always save. Lord, this is for your glory. And uh, I want to share one more because this one was pretty cool. Now, she had a prayer list. Remember, God is always listening. That was her prayer list. These things are still being worked out. Then she had just specific things that she wanted. God doesn't care. You know, he doesn't care if you ask him for whatever you want. Is he going to answer him? That's up to him. But she did say this, and it happened. She said, allow me to become pregnant with a healthy child. And uh, during that fast, we actually conceived Judah. The Bible says nothing about intimacy while you're fasting. So we conceived Judah, and he was here nine months later. <laughs> Louis. <laughs> Louis sitting there low and amen. <laughs> we know what your fast has been about, Louis. All right. And it was that next year she asked for a car because my catalytic converter started to act up in our Chevy Malibu and uh, got, got us to a place where we could get a car. But at any rate, this is the point, everybody. You can be at work. You can be on the way to work. You can be in the most desperate situation. Pray. Speak out. Put a fast on it. Declare the promises of God over your life and understand that he's listening. Because a lot of the things that she prayed back in 2014 have come to pass, but some of them are also still coming to pass. And I love what we see here in her prayers is that um, they started internal and then external. Because God is a God who works on our souls so that when he brings the blessing into our lives, we can truly enjoy it and know how to steward it. And so God is always listening. Good job, Josh. You're behaving. Here it is. Daniel, we're going to keep going. Everyone okay out there? Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. So the angel is talking. He says, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit of the prince of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. Daniel was a great man. He was a great man. He, 
He was a man that could interpret visions. As a matter of fact, I'll give you some descriptions about him. Um, whenever Babylon came to take them from Israel into, into Babylon, which is now today modern-day Iraq, uh, Nebuchadnezzar wanted a certain type of man or men to serve in his cabinet from the Jewish people. And so he, he, he had uh, requirements such as uh, allow them to be strong, healthy, good-looking. Um, allow them to have an unusual aptitude of understanding all wisdom and literature. And uh, the Bible says that Daniel had the divine ability to understand dreams and visions. Th this was his area of expertise. He understood dreams and visions. It even says that he was ten times more capable than his Babylonian counterparts, than the magicians, the astrologers, the scientists. This is a man of God who's ten times smarter than the scientists, the psychologists, and all this great stuff in society. And so eventually it took him to this place of just being in exile to reigning over the entire empire of Babylon right under Nebuchadnezzar. And he also uh, got the same promotion under the king of Persia, who was Cyrus. He had a divine ability to understand all dreams and visions. But for whatever the, the reason, the man of God is having problems understanding the dream and the vision. The man of faith, the man of faith, the man of faith, what enabled him to see and to understand dreams and visions and to interpret them for people was faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us this about faith. It says this, Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Okay, stick with me. This is where you need to be encouraged. This is where I'm going to get a little real for the next 15 minutes. Faith is the confidence of what we hope for, that it will actually happen. So if you have faith, what's going to actually happen will happen. Because the fact that you have faith is the assurance that what God has promised you is going to come to pass, even though it hasn't fully manifested itself in your life. Meaning that even though it hasn't came, you can see it. You can understand it. You can interpret it. The way that he was able to interpret visions was through the gift of faith. And it also says this. This is even better. It gives us the assurance about things we cannot see. I can't see it. It hasn't manifested. That relationship hasn't been reconciled. My money's still looking funny. My health is still jacked up. I got this big dream, but it all hasn't happened yet. But the fact that you have faith is indicative of the fact that that relationship will be reconciled. Your kids will be blessed. That business will come to pass. You will make those sales. You will prosper. You will grow. You will be free. You Come on now. You shall come to vision. So you can see it clearly. So this is faith. Faith is an intangible gift from God that calls what's in heaven into reality. And, 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 and the, the, the gap between the promise that God has shown you but it hasn't fabricated and where you currently are is faith. That's the bridge. That's the connector. 
And Daniel, he's trying to see this vision because as a prophet, he can explain this stuff to Cyrus and the people of God, but he can't see this vision. The man of God can't see. Why? Because this is what the Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes from hearing. And that is hearing the message about Christ. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Let me let me let me dig a little bit. Let me dig. Let me dig. I'm gonna stay right here. Here's where it's about to get real. Everything that God has for you is in Jesus. I need you to write that down right now because you're thinking it's in money. You're thinking it's in education. You're thinking if I just get married to this person, if I can just move to the city, to the state. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. Everything God has for you is in Jesus. And the great man of faith cannot even see it. Because the message that God is trying to oh, trying to send him from heaven is clogged up. You can't see it because your ears are clogged. And my point number two is, is this. There is a fight for your sight. This is what the scripture shows us. There is a fight for your vision. You ever watch those action movies, especially those Liam Neeson movies? They're always the same, right? He talks funny. They kidnap his family. I will find you, and I will kill you. All right, Liam, we know. You're going to kill us. You watch those movies, though, and what you see is you see um, good guy stars off, happy life, something happens. Bad guy kidnaps his family, calls the good guy. Family's in the background. Ah! We're going to kill him if you don't show up right now. And so turn yourself in. This is the deal. The bad guy does not care about the family. Nine times out of ten, he won't even kill him. The bad guy wants the good guy. Satan doesn't care about Satan doesn't care as much that the message of Christ doesn't get to you because you can be in the same room and hear the same message. He cares about how the auditory power releases the visionary capability. So Jesus worked this in the Gospels. He said there, when the word of God is being preached, it's like seed going out into the soil. And he said there are four kinds. He said the first kind of soil is the wayside. So as the word of God is being preached, people are thinking about lunch and like what time can we get out of here? He described that kind of soil as the word goes out and Satan snatches it. And then he had a thorny ground and rocky ground. He said rocky ground is this. They believed it. But because of the temptations of life, it did not take root. So some of you, because you're tempted, because you're discouraged, and you won't open your heart to this word, you're going to leave here the same way that you came in. Then he said, the thorny ground is this. The seeds being casted, 
But because of the riches and the concerns of life, the word of God can't be planted. So even if you start to grow and feel good about what God is saying for the next seven days on day eight, because you're concerned about the riches of life, it can't bear fruit. It chokes it out. And then the fourth, oh, Jesus, I'm on to it now. And then the fourth soil says this, it's good soil. And it gets planted, and it gets watered, and it bears a huge harvest. Satan doesn't really care about the message going out. He cares about it taking root in your heart. And so what do we see? We see this in the text, that there is a demonic assignment over all of our lives to prevent the message that God is trying to get to us. And so this, this, this prince of Israel, this angel, says that I was sent. I couldn't get it through. He heard you the first day you started to pray on your fast, but he had to send Michael because I'm a messenger angel. Michael is our head warrior angel. When Michael came, it broke through. Mm, this is why you got to pray and never stop praying. This is why you got to fast and make it a habit. This is why you got to read this word and declare it back to God, because he's trying to get something to you in 2018 that you're going to need for the rest of the year. There's a message that he's trying to get to you. It's, it's what you hear. What you hear. If, if, we're always you know, if we're always distracted by entertainment, if, if we're always filling our margins like we... Man, we got two days where we, we do nothing. And here we go. We're going to plan. Well, we got to go to Sasha's party. We got to go to little Joe's birthday party. We got to go to the football game party. We got to go to this. It's 2 o'clock. At 5 o'clock, we're here. At five, 8 o'clock, we're here. You know, midnight, we're in the bed sleep. We fill up our margins so much to the point where God can't even speak to us. And that's what you call idolatry. And we find our lives in a vicious circle because we fill up that time that God wants to fill with his word and with his rest with people and things. So Satan, Satan won't always oppose you directly and kick you in your, your stomach and all that. No, he'll just say, oh, yeah, let's go to this party. Let's sign up for this sports league. Let's sign up for this dance let's pay a thousand dollars here and there instead of just sometimes just just rest in in our home Kyra and I we do one sport baseball that's it that's it and we've determined a long time ago if it's going to interfere with Sunday's church baby boy you ain't doing it because we need the word of God in our lives. We need the promise. We need the community of God. We need to hear God so that we can see further. And we can't allow distractions to clog. Satan wants to clog so that he can fog. This is how marriages get to the place where, um, for those of you who aren't married, listen to me. Whether you're going to enter into your first one in the future, second or third. Let me, let me help you out here. This is how marriages idolize their kids, idolize things, and when the kids move out, they look at each other and wonder, who are we? Because we didn't protect our date night. 
We didn't pray together. We didn't join the 21 day fast together and challenge each other to wake up at 530. And so we love our kids and they're cute and they grow up and they take us off and we buy them cars and they leave. And oh, here we are. We're 15, 18 years later. Like, who are you? You never allowed God to give you the wisdom and the vision as to how to minister to your spouse. Then it's discouragement. If he, if he can tell you that you're not enough, you're not attractive, you're not smart, you won't make it, you will die young, you won't get out of this mindset, you are cursed, you're just like your father, you're just like your mother. If he can tell you all those things, he's blocking what God is attempting to tell you. If you never hear that you're victorious, if you never hear that you're beautiful, if you never hear that you're strong, if you never hear it, you will never see it. But I declare and decree that this is the year where you shall hear again, where the spirit of the Lord is going to speak to you like he's never spoken to you. You're going to hear the promises. You're going to hear the affirmation. You're going to hear the approval. You're going to hear life. You're going to hear breakthrough. You're going to see visions. You're going to see dreams. You got, come on now. Heaven is going to break through that demonic stronghold that's over your life, and the devil won't be able to stop you. It won't be able to hold you back. You're going to go up. You're going to go higher. You're going to go to the next level. This is the year that you hear. Come on. This is the year we hear. Come on now. This is the year you hear. There's a fight for your sight because the enemy fears what he sees. The enemy fears what he sees. The enemy fears that one morning you're just going to wake up and believe the impossible. And not just believe it, but begin to pursue it. So much on the inside of you. The man of faith is in a place where he can't see. But the angel said, you're precious to God. And because you're precious, heaven sent Michael. Because it was a promise that this message was going to break through and get to you. The enemy is scared of what he sees. He's scared of the leader that you're going to be in 2021. He's scared of, of the person that has financial margin. The Bible says that poverty is a weight. And that when you're in debt, you're slave to the lender. He's scared to see you free from debt. He's scared to see you married again. But he's not scared to see you married again. Let me put it this way. He's scared to see you believe that you can be married again even when it seems so far out as you're being faithful to God. But he's preparing that person for you just as much as he's preparing you for them. But it's called faith. You don't see him or her. They're not here, but it's there, and you believe it 
So he will send attack to clog it, to fog it, and to say, I give up on church. I gave it a year, and I don't see my promise come to pass. And that next day, you would have met that person. What if Daniel had not pressed in for 21 days? It's day 20. That angel would have been defeated. I speak life over you. This is the name of my message today, more life, more life. The angel said, I've come to clarify the vision. So if you read the rest of the book of Daniel all the way into the end of chapter 12, he talks about the wars and the hardships and everything we're going through today. Jesus even told us that the end times will come when there are divers or what's called mini earthquakes, hurricanes, wars and rumors of wars. Um, Rocket Man and all this stuff, you know, and, and all these rumors. He said the end times is coming. You can, you can tell I'm, I'm about to come back in about a few minutes. And so, but the angel says at the end of Daniel 12 that um, you're going to pass away to be with your fathers. You're going to go to heaven. And when, when the Messiah comes, you're going to rise from the grave. And it's going to be a new heaven and new earth. You're going to spend all eternity with Jesus. And I, I want to let you know this, more life. More. The word there is zoe in the Greek. It means to thrive, more life. I want to inform you because a lot of you have been at churches and you've had a spiritual experience where you think that Christianity is an invoice. You, you think that when you give your heart to Christ, you have to begin to pay up. Mm -mm. It's not, Christianity is not an invoice. Christianity I I is an inheritance. Jesus has paid it all. And he, he wants to give you everything. It's an inheritance. More life. Je Jesus said this in John 10, 10, as we close out. The thief's purpose, as we can see, this demonic prince of Persia, is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, unconditionally. So no matter where you are, the promise is this. When you trust Jesus, you step into the process of receiving a rich life. That word there means lacking nothing internally and eventually externally. As you stay in step, I speak more life over you this morning. I speak peace and joy and clarity. I pray that God will begin to open up your ears. I, pr I pray that when you read the Bible, you murmur it. And as your voice murmurs it, your soul receives it. And I pray that you will begin to prosper on the inside more life over your health over your relationships over your family over your finances over your walk with Jesus I declare more life over you in this year hallelujah
Let's give Jesus Christ a hand clap, church. Let's bow our heads. If you've never given your heart to Christ, I believe the gospel has been preached. God loves you. He has so much in store for you. I'd only ask that you would raise your hand after we pray this prayer together. You are forgiven. You were chosen before the foundations of the world, according to Ephesians 1.4, and you were called. And this could be a new day for you. Pray this prayer with me in your heart. And if you are declaring faith in Christ for the first time, raise your hand high after this prayer. We have a gift for you. Father God, I love you. I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you for his sacrifice. I believe that he is the savior of the world. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. I ask that you would give me your spirit in my heart. Lord, show me your ways. Give me your thoughts. Bless me, and I will follow you all the days of my life. I want to hear you, because I want to see everything that you have for me. I make you Lord, in Jesus' name.